Yes, it is another episode of the Always Nuanced Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I know what all of you guys are thinking. Yes, I am guilty. I told you guys I would talk to you next week. And was that last week? No, it was not. It was two weeks ago. I did not, unfortunately, put out an episode last week. Why was that? Well, beginning of this week, I took an exam in the fundamentals of actuarial mathematics. And yes, it is every bit as brutal as it sounds. And last week down the stretch, I was so deep in my notebook that I actually forgot how to talk to people. So now that that is in the past, although I still don't know if I passed or failed because for some reason they don't give the results for eight weeks and it's a multiple choice exam. So that is beyond understanding. It's basically pass fail. There's really, there's really no nuance, if you will, with the, with the exams. Basically either you pass or you fail. And if I fail, I got to take it again. And it's just frustrating because it's multiple choice and I tend to think with these things that it's either general incompetence or laziness as like why it would take so long to get results for a multiple choice exam. Maybe there's a legitimate reason. I have not heard one, but that's my situation. So finally, that's in the past. I can take a deep breath and get back into some of the awesome content that we're talking about on the show. And today, for all you that recall, we are talking about adulting, which is the process of becoming an adult. And one of the reasons why this topic is so fascinating to me is because Obviously, the process of becoming adult is something that everyone has to learn. Similar to uh, a baby or a toddler, sometimes like if you interact with them, you're, if you have a kid or a nephew or niece, you kind of, like sometimes I'm fascinated when I'm around my nephews and nieces about like how much they have to learn. Like they don't know, any, like they, everything is new to them. It's like fascinating. And you kind of like, th- like think like, wow, I actually do know a lot, you know. Sometimes we're hard on ourselves. We think that we're stupid or we don't know so much and maybe we do have a lot to learn, but it's like the amount that like a, a, a baby or a toddler has to learn before they become even like a kid is like astonishing. So the same thing happens when, you know, you're in your late teenage years and you're in that process between, I don't know, maybe 17 or 18 and 30, let's say it. And there's a lot you have to learn about becoming an adult. And think about it. None of this is taught in school, basically. At least it wasn't taught to me in school. I don't think it's taught in school in general. Um, I'm being a little, a little bit vague, so let's be a little specific. What are the things that are important for adulting? So let's throw out a few things. Finances, right? Making money, very important. For some reason, there's this like guilt around money. This is, people say money is the root of all evil. Money can't buy happiness, which we was uh, we talked about in our first episode. But the truth is like, basically everyone is walking around all day kind of worried about money. Like everything that you're thinking about, at any, like I should say anything that you're worried about at any given time probably is revolving around money. It's like, how am I gonna pay the bills? I want to take a vacation here, but it's too expensive. Or my friend's doing this and I'm trying to decide if I should go. Is it worth the money? Like so much things, so many things that we are thinking about, worrying about have to do with money. And yet money generally, I don't think is taught in school. Like let's say high school or lower. Um, when you get to college, then it's basically up to you what you are majoring in, what you study. And obviously if you study econ or finance or something like that, you're going to learn more about money naturally. But if you don't, or before that, unless your high school had an elective to have like a track where you learn about that thing, you basically go through high school without learning how to do it. And it's like, I, it's, it, it's really astonishing to me that for some reason it's mainstream that like every 10th grader has to learn geometry, which I, my career revolves around math. Like I'm an actuary, I'm an actuarial analyst and it's basically like all math and statistics. And even like a career like that, I'm, I literally, I don't use geometry for anything. Now I'm sure there are careers that like you do need to use some principles of geometry, but that's like, what are the odds that like you, 
a, a classic high school kid is going to need to know geometry in their career. Like it's possible, but it's very unlikely. So it's like, why is that? Why is that something that's being mainstream taught to everyone? Like, why is that not an elective? Whereas like every person, no matter what career you do, you're going to have to do your taxes. And like, no one knows how to do their taxes. And like, obviously you can hire an accountant to, to do your taxes for you. But I'm just saying as an example, like something that like every person is going to need to do their taxes. And I mean, you know what? It might even be a start just like to teach kids that you need to do your taxes and like what that means. Cause like, honestly, the first time I did my taxes, like it was like a last minute thing. And I didn't even like realize like I had to do it. Like it was something like I learned maybe when I was, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know, 18, I had like a summer job and I had to submit like a W4. Like I, I didn't even like realize like you, what, like, what do you mean? Taxes are already taken away. Like I have to, I have to file it. Like, doesn't the government just take, like, that's what I thought. And to be honest, I mean, I don't really know much about taxes, but I don't really understand why that's not the case. It's a little weird to me that like, you got to sit down and like make sure that you've paid enough money to the government, but that's a whole separate topic. But it's like, that's something that everyone has to know. And it's not taught in school. So it's like, this is such a cool topic to me because it's like, these things are so important and they're things that we all have to learn as we grow up, but we're basically on our own and they're not taught in, I would say mainstream school schooling. I went to private Jewish school. I don't know what public school is like, but I, 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 I imagine still in public school, 10th graders learn geometry, then trig and calculus, and then, and then you have the earth science and physics. And look, I'm all about academia. Like I'm really big on education. I think it's very important, but like if we're having classes that are mainstream that like every student needs to take, I think those should be like the classes about real life topics that everyone's going to need to know. And like the other things could be things that students pick based on their interests and potential career goals. Anyway, that was a minor rant, but that's one of the reasons why I find this topic so interesting. So with no further ado, we're going to talk about the six do's, things that you need to do while you are in this adulting process. And there's obviously no judgment coming from me. I still have a lot of work to do basically in all of these things and it's a work in progress. So we're all fighting together in the trenches, obviously no judgment. And the whole purpose of this is literally just for self-improvement, but make sure that you stay tuned till the end because we're also going to talk about the four don'ts and those are also very important. But before we get there, we will talk about the do's. So number one, do stay on top of maintenance tasks and automate them when possible. What, what do I mean by that? So what's a maintenance task? So like there are certain tasks that we need to do to just like live. Like I guess the best example is grocery shopping or just food shopping. Like you need to eat, right? If you don't eat, you die. You need to eat, you need to eat meals, right? So if you don't buy food, you're not gonna have food, right? So in this process where we're becoming adults, we're probably moving out of our parents' houses, maybe we're getting married and now our parents aren't buying groceries. So it's like, if you do not, this is something like that it's like obvious, but it's something that I've learned over the last like year and a half like now that I'm on my own, it's like, if you do not go shopping, the fridge will be empty and everything that's in the fridge is stuff that you bought. So the stuff there that you don't like, it's your fault for buying it. And if the stuff there that you want, you should buy it. Like it's all on you once you become an adult. So these are tasks that are maintenance tasks. Like they need to be, they're not like super important. Like they're not like things that are passions per se, but they're they're You need them to maintain almost like a level of functionality. Other examples would be cleaning, exercising, hygiene, sleep, and I guess related to grocery shopping, meal planning, stuff like that. So those things are like, like, I think you, I don't really see how you could be a successful adult if you have a messy or dirty living space. Like I, sometimes I, I'll walk into someone's apartment and there's just like a pile of dishes in the sink. And it's like, listen, I get it. People have different struggles. And especially if you have kids or if you live with roommates or whatever, I understand like it's, it's obviously more complicated. And in general, people have different struggles and we shouldn't judge anyone. But it's like, I just, when I see that, I, I really can't imagine how someone like that is finding success. Cause it's like, what do you think of like in your mind, a successful person, like think in your mind of someone who you view as a, as like a God, like someone who is like a legend, a king or a queen, 
like a real legendary person and think like, do you think there's like dishes piled up in their sink? Probably not. So to me, that's like something that you just, you need to have a clean living space to have a clean mind and to have even the possibility of being successful. Sleep, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, we're talking about state, very important for just functionality. So stay on top of these things because like, even though they're not super interesting, I think they're super important just to have like a status quo of ability to function and succeed. And the second part of that was automate them when possible. So like, what does that mean? So these things are, they, some of them can kind of be done by themselves. You just have to kind of like automate it, which is like what, what the words were, right? So a good example of this would be, and I'll give an example in, for my life. I don't know why this took me so long because I was thinking about doing this for months and I finally just did it like three weeks ago. Whereas like, I noticed like Sunday afternoon is basically like the day I go, the time I go grocery shopping for the week. And I basically like, notice it basically every week, Sunday afternoon, after I do whatever, I'm like for a couple hours, I drive to Walmart, Tom Thumb, wherever, grocery shopping, I'm going up and down the aisles, I have a shopping list. And I don't know, the whole thing takes probably like an, at least an hour and a half driving there, parking, shopping, the whole thing. It just, it takes a while, maybe even two hours. And I personally do not enjoy it. So this isn't like a blanket statement. Like if you uh, some people, it's just relaxing to them to go shopping for groceries. And if that's the case, like you do you. Like that's that's awesome. Like if that's what speaks to you, then great. But if it's something that you're doing just to, you know, maintain your status quo of functionality, then that's something that you might be able to automate. So this is what I did a few weeks ago is I signed up for Walmart Plus. They're not paying me a red cent to say this, but now it's like $12 a month and I get every, whatever I want, I get free delivery from the local store uh, as long as the order is over $35. And it's like every time I go shopping, it's obviously over $35. So it's like now I just, it, 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 whenever I notice I need something, I just put it on the list on the app. And then whenever, honestly, whenever it hits 35 bucks, I just order it. And it's like, I save so much time. It's like $12 a month. It's a no brainer. Again, they're not paying me a cent to say this, but that would be an example of automating things. So I don't know, think of like ways you might be able to automate that thing or cleaning or hygiene or different things like that. Whereas like it's on a schedule, either you're doing it on a schedule or like you're having it done in some automatic way. And that just clears up a lot of time and a lot of, yeah, basically a lot of time because these are things that could be time consuming, but they're very important. And when they can be automated, you just get a lot of time. And some people I was reading in a, in a, this from James Clear. And for all of you that wonder who James Clear is, this guy I keep quoting, he's the author of this book called Atomic Habits. If you haven't read Atomic Habits, what are you doing? Pause the episode right now, turn off your phone and go to the library, go to Amazon and buy Atomic Habits and read it right now. Obviously I'm joking, finish the episode and then read Atomic Habits right now because it is like, it's, it's, it's a super, I, every person needs to read that book. It's, it's, it's life-changing if, if you, if you implement what he, what he suggests, I think it's like, not only do I, do I think everyone has to read it? I think everyone should read it multiple times, including myself. So one of the things he talks about is that like people that he's dealt with in life coaching have kind of complained when he has told them, you know, you got to get on top of these more like mundane things like shopping, cleaning, stuff like that, that people don't enjoy. And it's like, people are like, well, you know, if you kind of automate your life and have a strict schedule of like when you shop, when you clean, when you go to the gym, it kind of takes away some of the freedom, you know, some of the adventure of life and does not make your life worse. And what he responds is like, well, not really. It's kind of the opposite because when you think about it, these are things that no matter what kind of life you live or no matter what your passion is or what you like to do, every single person has to get groceries. Like you have to have some way of having food accessible to, you know, like that's, that's a maintenance thing. I think everyone has to have some fitness regimen. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but like everyone has to 
there's certain things everyone has to do. So it's like, if you are not on top of it and just let like your life go and just like, you know, today I'm feeling like this and I'm going to do this and like, you know, and then I'm maybe going to work if I feel like it, but if I don't, I'm just going to like, you know, follow what I'm into that day. It's like, well, if you do that, your life is basically going to crumble into pieces because you have no foundation of functionality based on things that you need to do. Like if you do not have food, even if you're feeling good, like in one second, if you don't have food in the fridge, like you're just, I don't know, you're going to get hungry. You're going to forget to eat. And you're just going to become miserable. If your apartment's a mess, you're also, I think, going to become miserable. And he says that like when you get these things scheduled and, and automated when possible, you make sure they get done. And then you clear up like all the rest of your time for whatever else you want to do. So if you want to go on a cruise, travel the world, go skiing, have a crazy adventure. Like once you get these things taken care of, you know, then like you're kind of like free to do all these other things in your all your other free time. But if you don't even spend a little bit of time to get these things down, like almost all your time is going to go to hell because you have no, you have no grounding in the things that you need to stay functional. Number two. And now the next few things are going to be more long-term things that I think is very important for everyone in this adulting phase to pay close attention to. And this is finances. Do learn about finances. And again, I'm speaking to myself because I got to learn about finances. But again, this is something that it's not really taught in school unless you study, unless your high school had it or unless you studied finance or econ in college. But otherwise, if you studied psychology or something unrelated like me, then you don't know how money works. And it's like, I guess maybe by like, I don't know, social media or reading books or whatever, I kind of like start to realize that you like life does not have to be, you make just a set salary every year for 40 years, then retire and then you die. 20, I don't, I don't want to be morbid, but like life doesn't have to be like that. Like there's a lot of ways to make money. Very simply put, like everyone should be investing. If you have any spare money, you should be investing. I'm not this, I don't want this topic, this uh, episode to be about this for one, because I don't really know enough to even like talk about it. But um, obviously that's not like the, the topic of this episode, but it's like one easy thing to do is like invest in like a, like a simple index fund. Like I in, try to bi-weekly invest in S&P, which is basically a fund of the top 500 stocks, I think um, either in the country or the world. And it's a, a diversified fund that historically outperforms the market. That's like very simple put, but there's like a million ways to invest. I think that's like a very, uh, that, that's like a baseline good way to like see a slow growth in money, but like it's not good to have all your money in a checking account. And for a while, that's what I was doing because I didn't know what else to do with it. No one taught me how to invest. Ultimately, I kind of think the end game is real estate. I think that's where probably most of the money's at, but it's like, that's like something you, like we got to learn how to do it because if you're like me, you weren't taught in school anything about real estate, how to get into real estate and like what? So now we're just going to live our whole lives and die and never make the money that we maybe could have because we weren't taught when we were 16 about real estate. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but like, you know, man up and learn what you have to learn to make money. And I, like, I, I'm honestly going to double down on what we talked about before about the money can't buy happiness. Like, to be honest, not only am I kind of on the, like, like bullish about that, I'm going to go the other way now. To be honest, I think money can buy happiness straight up as long as you spend it in the right way. Jordan Peterson sometimes talks about like when it comes to money, that like money is like a weird thing. It's kind of like more of a, a tool. It's not like a good or a bad. Like he talks about he's seen patients that were coke addicts that if they would win the lottery, it wouldn't be good for them. It would be bad for them because anytime they get a hold of money, they end up in a ditch three days later just because they went on a coke spree because they had money to buy coke. Whereas like if you are a, so I, money in a sense can kind of exacerbate like who you really are. If you are a motivated, successful, hardworking person, like money is just going to take you to the next level. But if you're like low motivation, low vet, like, um, what am I trying to say? If you're, if you do not work hard, have just bad work ethic, you're just a bad person, haven't worked on yourself at all and you get a hold of money, the money's probably going to make you a worse person. So it's like money's kind of just going to amplify like who you already are. But it's like, if 
you are on this journey of self-improvement, always trying to be better every day. And it's like, yeah, you should want to make money because yeah, I think money can make your life a lot better, especially, well, if you use it in the proper way. But I think certainly in that case, money can definitely enrich your life. And it's something that it's honestly is incumbent on all of us to learn how to make more money and how to maintain better finances. And it kind of sucks that we weren't taught it in school, but no one to blame. We got to do it ourselves. The next thing is dating. Dating is extremely important for reasons that I don't need to go into. Dating, I, I, basically every study I think that's been done on happiness, I don't, I don't, I don't really buy into like uh, keys to happiness or the secret to happiness. Some people, I don't buy into any of that stuff. There's no one key or one secret to happiness. But basically, to my knowledge, every study, every longitudinal study that's been done to determine like what's related to happiness and life satisfaction has basically determined that ultimately it comes down to a person's relationships, the quality of their relationships and the people around them. When that is high quality, there's a strong correlation to life satisfaction. When they have low quality relationships or even no relationships, then strong correlation to low life satisfaction. So with that being said, your partner who you're dating is like, I mean, that's that's a huge component of all your relationships. Like that might be the most meaningful relationship in your life, like potentially it could be. So it's like, this is something that needs to be figured out. And again, not taught in school. Now, maybe, I don't know, maybe it can't. For me, growing up Orthodox Jewish schools, I was not taught anything about dating, partly because in the Orthodox community I grew up in, the system of dating we call the shidduch system, and this could be like a whole another episode, to be honest, or even like a series of episodes, but it's, ba- it's basically a very expedited, for, um, formal, and structured way of dating, strictly for the purpose of marriage, and like there's very clear and obvious like rules to how the game works. It's not something that needs to necessarily be figured out. It's more like when you're that age for guys, like maybe 22, 23, girls, maybe like 20, 21, that's when you get acquainted to it. Most people, I feel like by that time, they already know how it works because of older siblings or friends or whatever. It's gossiped about a lot. So like people kind of like know the rules of engagement, but it's not discussed. So it kind of makes sense where it's like not discussed so much in like high school, but like for everyone else, like myself, that is dating in a more modern, traditional, traditional, by traditional, I mean modern way, where it's, you're not being set up by a matchmaker and it's not so formal like that. You kind of have to learn the way it works. And I feel like a lot of people, especially guys, have this mentality, probably from movies and pop culture, that it's basically like all gonna figure itself out. And with dating in particular, if you just go about your life and do you and you know just walk down the street and mind your business and go to your job and whatever, hang out with friends, eventually like you're going to meet the right girl and she's going to be perfect and you're going to fall in love and like live happily ever after. I think that's like this like message that we're kind of fed from Disney and other like movie brands that honestly probably are trying to give low value guys hope of finding love. I, I know that sounds a little blunt, but I think that's the truth. But the truth, the actual truth is like so far from that. Like, I mean, yeah, that technically could happen, but I think the people who this, I wasn't even thinking of saying the story, but this reminds me of uh, I was Ubering back from a bar. This was a while ago. I was, I, no state to drive. I was Ubering back from a bar. I was talking with my Uber driver and I was telling, we were talking about this topic about dating and he, so he was telling me that he, about his marriage and he has like two kids. So I was asking him about like, how do you, how do you meet your wife? How like, what was that like? And he was telling me that they met at a bar. Okay. It makes sense. And I was saying like, and I, so I started asking questions. I'm like, well, who, you know, who approached you, who, who you know, where do you take her? Where and he's like, oh, she she came over to me, started talking to me, and asked for my number. And I'm like, okay, but then you texted her, you know, and set up a date. And he's like, no, she texted me and set up a date. And then and then he told me that basically a few months later they were married. And look, I hope to God that they're happily married, kids, beautiful. I hope they have everything they want. I really do. 
But to be honest, like someone like that, that's just, that's, that's so passive, you know, someone like that is essentially taking what's, what life is giving to them. And let's be honest, what is life just going to give to you for free? It's the leftovers. And I, I don't, again, I don't mean to be harsh, but like, that's the, that's the truth. Life is going to give you the leftovers if you don't get up and take what you really want. And I'm thinking like a guy like this, like maybe he could have, like, it, it's so possible that he could have ended up with, with a much better spouse if he would have been more active about his dating life. But he probably just, you know, went out with friends, didn't approach girls and he got lucky one night, one girl came up to him and started talking and then took the lead and she, he, I guess he had enough interest in her and then they get married. But to me, that's like, I don't know. To me, that sounds a little pathetic. It's like you're really just taking what's coming to you and not taking an active role in dating and in your life at all. So like to conclude with dating, I think it's very important to like figure, fig, just figure out what the, what the rules quote unquote are of the game and try to, you know, get better at it. It's not just going to happen by itself. Like you got like, you got like guys, you got to go out and talk to girls and it's not easy, especially if it's not something you've been doing, but it's like, it's not going to just happen by itself if you don't do it. And it's scary. Like I know it's, it, I struggle with it too, but it's like, you know, it's not just going to figure itself out. I don't think it will, at least if you don't put in the work. And it's something that's just, it's, it's obviously goes without saying how important like that part of someone's life is. And I think being as that wasn't probably taught to you in school and some people just don't really put so much effort or thought into it and then never figure it out. It's very unfortunate. Number four, do get a fitness routine. This is something we talked about several times because it's so important. It's like 18 to 30, you'll be a different person if you have like a, a fitness routine where you're exercising for four hours a weekend. I don't care what it is. If you want to be weird and do yoga like me, do it. You want to get into dancing, lifting weights, you want to run marathons, you want to just do push-ups. You like what honestly like I think you know you should try different things and figure out what works for you. But like literally whatever works for you, but make it a routine, make it a regimen and stick to it a few hours a week, your life will be different. It's like it's a different, it's a different like studies and this isn't like me babbling about what I think. It is what I think, but look it up. If you don't believe me, Google it. Studies show that exercise is essentially way more effective than medication or therapy for treating any type of mental illness or any complaint about mood or anything like that. It's just way more effective. Exercise is for everyone. I think everyone needs to be doing it and you just got to find what works for you and stick to it and like stay disciplined. And honestly, like over time, I think your life is going to be different. Number five, do pursue friendships. So this is something that maybe for some people comes more automatic and natural and not something that you need to put effort into. But I feel like as we get older, maybe we move away, maybe we meet new people and it's like, sometimes like we stay friends with the people that we were close to as we were growing up for our whole lives. And that's nothing wrong with that. But like the fact of the matter is that you are going to end up probably being most similar to the people that you spend most of your time around. And like when you become an adult, it's like you have to kind of go from this phase of just being around these people because they're your classmates or your roommates to like actively taking agency in your life and choosing who do you want to spend your time around and who is going, who's worthy of being your friend? Like who brings out the best in you and who makes you a better person? I'm sure. We all know people around us that we, that we interact with that are just very negative and they're always complaining. And the truth is like these people, they just drag everyone down with them. They're, they're like committed to being miserable. And I, I feel sorry for them and it's, it's unfortunate and I wish them the best, but sometimes the best thing to do is to cut them out of your life because like in a, obviously in a compassionate an understanding way, but it's like, they're going to, they're dead set on being miserable. And if you let them, they're going to drag you down. And friendships are just so important, important to who you become as far as the people you spend time with and socialize with. And it's so important to be on top of that and not just like passively hang out with the people that you've been hanging out with for a while, but to analyze it and be like, 
who are my friends? Like, do these people bring out the best in me? Do they make, do they make me better? Do I actually want to hang around them? And like actually put some thought into it. And number six, do have fun. This one's a little more light and breezy, less doom and gloom. Have fun. You know, life, I think sometimes we're, sometimes there's too much focus on discipline and working hard and all that stuff is very important. But like, I don't know, at the end of the day, we're all going to be dead in a hundred years probably. That's like, I don't know, let's enjoy life. We only get to live once, I think. So let's, let's, if you have something you want to do for fun, like find out a way to do it in a safe and healthy way. Like life's going to go by fast. So if you have things that you want to do for fun, like don't let time go by, like get schedule times to get them done and have fun. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy life. I think it's super important. And it's like, it sounds obvious, but I, I don't know. I just feel like people go about their lives and like, oh, and then I got to work. And then, you know, this commitment. And then, you know, I have to go here for like my family. And it's like, yeah, I understand people have commitments. Obviously things are very like family jobs. They're important, but like, I don't know. I think having fun, people don't give enough emphasis to that brings us to the don'ts. So don't, number one, don't compare yourself to other people. This is very, very hard, especially when you're learning a new skill or doing something new. Uh, for me, I remember the first, like I've said this before, the first piano lesson I had, just like look, watching my teacher before or after the lesson. And it's like, I'm like, I'm never going to be that good. And it, it's like, it's not a healthy mindset to have. It just doesn't feel good. And it's not conducive to putting in work and trying to be better because it makes you feel badly about yourself. Another example is like when I go to the gym, this happens to me all the time. I'll go to the gym and I'll be like, I'll be like, I don't know, maybe I'm doing like the lats pull down and there'll be like two machines. And like I sit down one and I see like someone next to me pulling down the lats, uh, using the lats pull down machine like adjacent to mine. And it's one of those machines where there's that little, little, uh, little stick that you put in like the weight when you choose your weight. And then when you lift, like it lifts all them up. If anyone that goes to the gym, like knows what I'm talking about. And it like shows how much the person's lifting. And so often, like I sit down, I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I already know like how much weight I'm going to do, but then like I start to peak and I'm like, I really want to know where is that spoke? What weight is it in? How much is this person lifting? I really want to know. And like, I'm peeking my head just to see. And like at the last second, I'll catch myself and say, stop, don't look. It's none of your business. It's literally none of your business. It's going to do no one any good. Like literally, let's say I'm pulling down 120 and he's pulling down 150. So now I just feel like I'm weak. That doesn't do anyone good. And let's say I see he's pulling down 75. So I'll be like, oh, oh, look at me, Mr. Tough Guy. I'm pulling 120. He's like, oh, that's, I, I, you shouldn't need that to boost your confidence. I was also pulling down 75 at one time. And if he keeps at it, he'll be pulling 200, like, you know, before long. So it's like, that shouldn't be needed to make yourself feel good. And if you look at someone's doing, lifting more than you, then you're just not going to feel good. So it's like, it's literally a no win, but it's very tempting. So don't compare yourself to others. Number two on the don'ts, don't play the victim card. This is more general and something that I think everyone falls into the trap of doing from time to time. Because the fact of the matter is all everyone's life is difficult to some extent. And we've all had troubles in our teenage years, childhood years, young adult years, to some extent, some people's lives look appear to be harder than others, but everyone's uh, no one's life, I think, is just all good. I think everyone's suffering to some extent. And it's like, I think everyone honestly has a victim card to play when things don't go well. It's like, well, yeah, well, maybe if I grew up and you know, I had more money or I, you know, my older sibling didn't make me feel so bad. I wasn't bullied in school and, you know, I didn't have really bad teachers or, you know, different things. And then I would have got better grades. I would have gotten to a better college. Like then I would be successful. And then I would have like a girlfriend that I actually appreciate. But now that I didn't have all those things, now I have an excuse to be miserable in the current state that I'm in. It's very tempting to do that because it almost like frees you from liability. The fact of the matter is though, is that we're very blessed to live in this country. The fact of the matter is most of us have the ability to insanely improve our lives 
to crazy extents. I really believe that. And even if you have a legitimate excuse of why your life is not as good as you want it to be, and you very well might, a lot of us do, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, that is not going to help you get to where you want to go. And it's very likely that if you committed to bettering your situation despite, despite the troubles in your past, you might get farther than you think you can go. So might be a good excuse. Ultimately, it's not going to get you anywhere. Number three on the don'ts. Don't chase instant gratification. What is instant gratification? Well, it's basically the things that instantly are pleasurable. So this would include fast food, social media, sex, drugs, porn, things like that that are like instantly and I would say unearned pleasure. So what's happening is that like if you are really hungry and you eat a a burger from a fast food joint, it's like instantly it feels good. Obviously, in the long term, it's not healthy for you. In moderation, going back to what we talked about a few weeks ago about balance, like I think even things that are not good for you or things that are instant gratification, yeah, like I think there is a balance to be struck and they could be fine in moderation. But it's like ultimately when you get that unearned dopamine hit, scrolling social media, like you know that feeling when you're on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram going through reels mindlessly scrolling and it's like you know like I should really put my phone down and get back to work or do something actually productive and you're like, oh, I just want to, I just need to like see one more. At this point, your thumb is like bleeding. It's basically falling off because you've been scrolling for so long. And it's like, you just want to look at that one more and like you scroll up for like just a second to see the video. And it's like that like second, obviously the video is not going to live up to your expectations of it because that's just in general how life works. But it's like that like one second or like instant of pleasure that you got from like craving that thirst of like, what is the next video? What's the next reel going to be? That's a little dopamine hit right there. Like in your brain, a little bit of dopamine is splashing out and giving you a little bit of pleasure. But these like little dopamine hits are essentially training you to chase. It's it's honestly like a drug. Cocaine is doing the same thing. It's releasing dopamine into you. It's flooding your brain with dopamine. And all these things are essentially, they're doing the same thing. They're honestly, like I think even that feeling that like when your phone's in your pocket and it vibrates and like you just have that urge to take it out and check like what was the text I honestly think that even when you turn on your phone just to see what that notification was, little dopamine hit right there. It's like you just really, oh, you had that itch you really needed to know and then you check. It's like little minor dopamine hit. And obviously I'm not saying you shouldn't take out your phone to check, but it's like when you find yourself chasing these like short-term, very transient pleasures, they're, they're not meaningful. Usually they're not good for you and they kind of train you to chase after those and to not go after what is the opposite of instant gratification and that is delayed gratification. What would be an example of that? learning an instrument, right? It's very hard. You got to put in a lot of work and you're going to sound bad for, you know, some time. It might not be years till like you're actually playing and you're like, wow, like this, this piece I'm playing on guitar sounds beautiful. So it's like all that work, you practice for an hour and you still don't think you sound good. And then you go to sleep kind of frustrated. And it's like basically no dopamine hit right there. Maybe a little bit like, you know, in the practice session, you might've done like one thing that you thought was very good, but like, you know, you're doing, you're challenging yourself and you're getting better. And it's like, Nah, you're kind of like maybe a little down on yourself even and not as pleasurable as you'd like it to be. But then like that one time you get like that beautiful performance and it's like tear jerking, beautiful, gorgeous music. And it's like, boom, that is so much more meaningful than all those short term transient pleasures. And it was earned like all these other things like the fast food porn, like all these things are transient short term pleasures and more so they're not earned. Like you didn't earn anything for that pleasure. You know, you just got it for free. And it kind of trains your brain that like, you can get that for free. And the truth is you can, but ultimately it's not going to get you anywhere in the long term of life. Okay, next and final don't. Don't worry so much. And we're going to finish on this one. 
don't worry so much, guys. Yeah, we, you know, we got a long way to go. Life is hard. We're doing our best. But at the end of the day, you know, we got to take it easy and we got to maintain that balance, you know, maintain that balance of trying to push ourselves and motivate, but also take a deep breath, take a, take a step back and like, you know, relax and be like, wow, like, you know, look at all the blessings I have, look at all I've accomplished and kind of have like this hope slash belief, faith in the back of your mind that, you know, you're being sincere, really, you're doing your best to somewhat the best of your ability have that like belief that it's all going to work out in the end. It's all going to be okay. And like going back to what I was saying before about like the dating, it's like, well, I, I think that potentially could be a dangerous mindset to have if you are not putting in the work to think it's all going to work out. Sometimes I think you got to smack yourself across the face and look in the mirror and be like, well, if I don't shape up, it's not going to be all right because it probably won't be. But if you are taking into account all these important, serious things and really trying as hard as you can to better your life and do the best you can at being sincere about it, then I think it's important to like, even when things don't go your way or when you get really down and frustrated that you're not seeing the results that you want, take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm trying really hard. Ultimately, it's all gonna work out. Just don't worry so much. And that brings us to today's quote. I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. Mark Twain. Well, friends, I am so happy that my exam is over and I'm so happy to be talking to you again today about this awesome topic. I had a lot of fun. It's went a little bit longer just because like, wow, there's a lot to talk about here. So much more to talk about we didn't get to. So please remember to tune in next week about, I don't yet know what the topic's going to be, but it's going to be a good one. So don't forget to tune in. This is the Always Nuance Podcast. Talk to you guys later.